You're going to be a football player when you grow up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It is a Thursday. It is the night before Christmas Eve. It is our last show, literally our last show on Raider Nation Radio until next week. Um, So before we get uh, to anything here, I just want to wish everybody uh, a safe um, and and merry uh, Christmas or whatever holiday it is that that you celebrate. you know, it's a team game. We're all in this together. Uh, let's be safe. Uh, let's have some fun. Enjoy some time. Um, and then we'll reconvene next week. For those of you who are going to be joining us over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill on Christmas night, we will be there uh, beginning at 5 o'clock. So uh, come hang out with us after you get all the gifts taken care of and uh, all the family stuff taken care of. Uh, come hang out with your uh, with your other fa- uh, family over at Raider Nation Radio uh, and VegasNation.com at the Rockstar Bar and Grill starting at 5 o'clock. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome in our great co-host, former Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. You all know him. You all love him. Lincoln Kennedy, how you doing, my friend? Vinny, what's up, brother? Good to be with you, I'm man. doing good. I'm doing good. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, they're they're, they're dropping uh, like flies uh, <laughs> over here at Lincoln Kennedy yeah. between one thing and another. Um, and so let's just get right to it. Jonathan Abram, we know um, Lincoln is lost for the season uh, with a shoulder injury. We understood that. He went, underwent or is going to undergo season-ending um, shoulder surgery. Huge blow um, to a Raiders defense. You know, we talked today, um, Lincoln, to Gus Bradley about um, about Jonathan. And what was really interesting about what, what uh, uh, he had to say was – Jonathan was kind of closing in on really having a firm command of his assignments, of this defense. Um, in fact, as Gus Bradley told us today, there were a couple of aha moments that Jonathan Abram had in that Cleveland Brown game where afterward he told, he told um, you know, uh, Bradley, hey, man, you know, feeling really good about where I am, you know, with the assignments, with the coverage, with what other teams are doing, and then bam. Um, you know, he's out for the season. So uh, not good timing for that loss. And Lincoln, you know, I know that we're this, you know, far into the season, um, but everything is an evolving thing. Like to expect guys to just have everything down pat day one or even into week 10, it's still a a growing, evolving thing when you're working on a new defensive scheme and adding things to it and feeling confident about it and getting uh, a command of it. And and Jonathan Abram was kind of closing in on that process. Um, And I'm sure you understand what that whole thing is. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the more you do something – the the, the 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 more experience you have with something it, it becomes what we like to refer to as the game slows down in front of you uh your 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 choices and your your uh, tactics and your way of doing things it slows down in front of you you know how to to break down what a guy is doing or what in in this instance what an offense is doing what a quarterback is likely to do especially in your area or what you're responsible for and you can move that much faster to to your goal you know and in Jonathan's um situation not only was he going from uh, the defense of Paul Gunther the first two years of his career um, to a whole new defensive scheme with Gus Bradley. And while, you know, there are some essential similarities to those two defenses, there were a lot of uh, dissimilarities. So a lot of differences in the two schemes and how they attacked. But not only was he learning a new defense from that perspective, Lincoln, he was also 
essentially learning a new position, uh, that box safety position. Mm-hmm. So he'd kind of been moved around his first two years. And remember, he didn't even really play his rookie year. Like, and so mm-hmm. last year was really his first year, right. full year. Um, and then so he's, he's making a position change. That's in and of itself as well um, quite the challenge. Yeah, and you know what? For what it's worth, I, I really do like what God, Gus Bradley and his defense did for him because I, I think it allowed him to play with a lot more confidence, confidence, a lot more vigor and, and enthusiasm. And you saw him fly around. He was having a pretty good season for for what it what is worth. He still has limitations, and sure. and, and and shortcomings. I mean, every every player does in, in some way, and it's up to the coaching staff and the scheme to try to cover up or mask those to where they're where they're really not exposed. But you know, as you mentioned, this is technically his second. Second, second year, um, uh, and and he was playing a whole lot better than he did in his first two or his first one. 116 tackles was second on the team uh, right. behind Denzel Perryman with about 133. So, you know, from that perspective, um, he was doing a pretty decent job and was become. And you know, the, the thing about Jonathan, um, and and this is sometimes to his benefit and sometimes you know to his detriment, but he was, he's also a very emotional, passionate, physical uh, yeah. player. Uh, that lays it all out there. And on one hand, you totally respect that. Um, and I think he was doing a better job of reining it in a little bit. Remember we talked earlier this season about just being a little bit quieter, you right. know, uh, in, in in everything. And I think he was doing a good job of that. Sometimes it's still, you know, his his tenacity and his aggressiveness and his passion can still put him in some different or difficult spots and maybe sometimes hurt himself and the team. But I thought he was limiting that more and more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was coming around. Uh, and, and, again, learning the system, understanding the system, learning your part in the system makes you a better player. And I, I thought that was happening for him. Yeah, so um, Abram's gone. We know, or Abram yeah. is gone. We know that. Well, um, come to find out today that Roderick Teamer, um, his primary backup, and he played uh, snaps in his absence on Monday against the Cleveland Browns, COVID-19. Oh, really? Um Yes. Oh um, my has, goodness! Oh, that's so disappointing. I didn't. Yeah, even know has that. taken Roger Teamer for now out of, the, <sighs> out of the equation. You know, these these are all very. Um, you know, uh, all, every situation is a little bit different with COVID nineteen. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, there's. I think theoretically, there's still some some time for him to be able to test out in time to play on Sunday, but it's one of those situations that you probably aren't. You know, you'd probably be doing a disservice to yourself if you're counting on that you obviously have to have some backup plans. And Certainly. you're starting to get Lincoln into some nitty-gritty area in the backup plan. No, well, we've talked about this. Stand out in that position. Is it, who, who is the, who's the next one up? That would be – that's a great question. Um, and first of all, here's Gus Bradley talking about, first of all, just filling in for Jonathan Abram. Here's Gus Bradley. I mean, it's still a little bit of a work in progress right now. I guess every team's dealing with this COVID issue, you know, and, and we're getting a little bit in the secondary. So, you know, we just got to adjust the best that we can get guys. Fortunately, it's, uh, you know, the coaches have done a good job all during the season. We try to split up our reps where the twos get reps, you know, in a, in a group of plays. So we're going to have to rely on that part of it, our preparation. You know, we had that happen last week with Hobbs on Monday, you know, coming out. And, and Keyshawn did a really good job for us playing the nickel spot so we'll really have to rely on that preparation and their banked experiences they've had in reps in practice so that is a little bit nebulous on terms of okay who is going to replace right. jonathan abram and by that at that point interestingly enough like we hadn't gotten the word about roderick teamer so um you know the way the nfl clock works during the course of a day 
um, a lot of those, a lot of those, that, that information comes out late in the day um, or after you talk to the coaches. I don't know if it's done, you know, um, you know, strategically that way. So, so guys like Gus Bradley don't have to be the one that comments on it or what, or just, that's just how the flow of information comes out. But after we spoke to Gus Bradley and we were kind of assuming that Roger Teamer was going to be um, part of it. Uh, we've come to find out that he's probably not going to be uh, part of it. Uh, however, uh, our good friend uh, over uh, at the Athletic, um, Tishan Reed, had the had the uh, wherewithal before Gus Bradley left to ask him, "Well, hold on. Um, what about Tyree Gillespie? Um, is there a chance that this might be his opportunity?" Now, Tyree. Uh, who was a fourth-round pick out of Missouri last year. And I can say this, talking to some coaches during OTAs, Lincoln, and and training camp, they were really, really high uh, on Tyree Gillespie. He's a physical six-foot safety who um, is really, uh, in college anyway, uh, was very good playing in the box, being a a run support guy. And I think – just has a more of a natural feel for pass coverage as well. Okay. Uh, now Tyree's been on the injured reserve list quite a bit. You know, uh, this year he hasn't dressed out. Sometimes uh, he was most recently uh, on the injured reserve list for a uh, hamstring injury that uh-huh. he. So he'd been there since November seventeenth. He's been designated uh, as a return, so he's been in practice now for a little while. So could this be Tyree Gillespie's uh, coming out party? And here's Gus Bradley on Gillespie. Right. I, you know, he, he very well could now with some of the things that we've got going on. So there, there's another man that, you know, has worked hard and preparing. And, you know, now there's opportunity to go out there and add to this team. And, uh, you know, there's high expectations. You know, when you get a chance to get on the field, that, that's one thing I think that everybody holds everybody accountable. The D-line expects you and the linebackers, if you're a secondary guy, to come in that the standard doesn't drop. And sure, I think a player feels that. And, but I always believe that when there's expectations like that, you generally rise to the level of expectation as a whole. So to have those expectations on him, you know, if, if Gillespie gets in there and he very well could, uh, you know, I believe he'll rise to it, you know, because of that, that's just generally how it works. You know, uh, um, Lincoln, I'm kind of curious uh, and, 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 you know, borderline, not excited, but it's, it's – I. Watching uh, Tyree in college and and talking to some coaches throughout this whole process about him and how uh, they really do like him. Now there's been circumstance and you know uh, with injury, right. also guys playing really well uh, in front of him. So you know how we've talked about time and time again. Sometimes everyone's timeline doesn't work out the same, but. Um, you know, he's here for a reason. He was drafted for a reason. The Raiders obviously like him, and he brings uh, traits to the game. Kind of curious to see Tyree Gillespie uh, play on uh, on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Well, it could be frightening. <laughs> I mean, if you talk about uh, – obviously, he's got drafted, so you want everybody to get a chance. Um, but, you know, not seeing a guy for an entire year and then having him come in in this situation where you're absolutely desperate, I, I hope it works out. Well, it has worked out um, for Divine Diablo, uh, who um, you know the Raiders also drafted last year. Uh, both he and Tyree were guys that they were very, very excited about on draft night, but also not just that in practice. And you know, not necessarily always out front in public. And the questions that we ask, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, where all the cameras are rolling, the best information that you usually get is. You know how it works, <laughs> Lincoln, when you come into the building and you're talking to people, you know, getting kind of the inside scoop, right? You know, and the real deal. Um, 
both of those players were players that uh, the coaching staff uh, that I talked to anyway was were really really talking up. So I don't know if it's going to be uh, necessarily a, a, an ugly thing. You see what uh, Diablo's done since he's gotten his opportunity. And that's really the kind of the beauty of this whole thing, uh, Lincoln. And and you know this because you've been in situations where. You know, you had to you had to go into the this far into your depth chart, and the only reason these guys are that far down in the depth chart are because you have pretty good players in front of them. It's not necessarily that they're bad. <laughs> you know, it's sometimes the guys that are ahead of them are just do, uh, are just better, and it's not quite their time. But you, I'm sure, have seen guys step in, accept that challenge, seize the moment, uh, and take off with it. You draft people for a reason. You draft them because you have high expectations of them aiding to the team, whether it's adding depth. Or you, you have a need. Um, Trayvon Morgan comes in, starts day one, and you're hoping that other guys will step up in your draft. So Nate Hobbs is another one. It would be good. Do you, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Diablo. It would definitely be good if you, if you could have one more step in, especially when you need it. And a guy like Diablo, it's so funny when you look at D- Divine Diablo. And you were up in – did you come up make that trip to San Francisco for the uh, preseason game against yes. the uh, – okay. Yeah, I was there. Uh-huh. Okay, that was Diablo had been on, you know, he he was on the physically unable to perform list for uh, quite some time, um, you know, due to an injury I think that he had suffered in college or somewhere along the line, you know. So he missed, you know, quite a bit of training camp, and uh, just to get him finally out on the field, he played almost the entire game against the 49ers. And when I say that he looked lost, <laughs> Lincoln. Um, he looked, and he'll be the first to tell you this without a doubt. And and the funny thing about it, if you remember that game, the 49ers were running some of their offense. They weren't holding back. Remember, they were they, well. They they, had, they played all their starters. They played all their starters. Uh, yeah. Yes, and, and they, they were they were doing, running they, their offense absolutely. <laughs> they were running their offense, and you know, um, uh, you know, from experience, and you know uh, that offense and that coach and those two quarterbacks, they do some in, pretty intricate things. Certainly, and, <laughs> and he looked completely lost as right. a result there were a couple plays that just whizzed right by him because yeah. he's looking over here and the ball's over here right um but to see him and th- th- this is what i you know i always enjoy about covering professional sports especially you know football um where it's such a long season and there's so much there's more learning todd Gurley told me this one time you think about football there's more practice than games Certainly. you know what i'm saying there's more of that's the only sport where that occurs in basketball you're playing more games than you are practicing in baseball you don't even really practice, right. you know. You you have some little quick, quick little infield and batting practice before the game, but you're you're playing every single day. Whereas football, it's so much of it behind the scenes, and and we sometimes make these assumptions that guys can't play just because they're not on the field. But you learn time and time again. It's really a lot of times it's just because of circumstance, and then all of a sudden, Diablo works his way back into uh, things this year, and. To be honest, it's it, it almost looks like he's taken Corey Littleton's job. Lincoln Corey didn't really get on the field uh, last week. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if that was due to injury or just circumstance that Devine was playing so well, but uh, yeah, I, I noticed that. Um, and 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 Corey was relegated mainly to uh, to uh, special teams uh, play, so I did notice that as well. Yeah, and you know that's unfortunate for Corey Littleton, but. You know, hey, this is a uh, you know uh, uh, a doggy dog world sure. here, and it's a what have you done for me lately? And there's no feelings involved. Who's playing better? Who's uh, you know uh, handling their business a little bit better? And right now, it just seems like Divine Diablo is. And when we've talked about him, Lincoln, he's got size. There's yep. no question that he's got size. He's he's a bigger you know human being um, than Corey. And 
he's got some speed and he's got coverage ability and he's not afraid as you saw on Monday uh, to mix it up. So maybe they found something uh, in young divine Diablo hitting on those kind of picks, those third and fourth and fifth round. Those are gold. Uh, That's how you build your team really, to be honest with you. You only have a certain amount of first round picks. So you have to hit on those uh, outside the first and second round uh, picks. And it looks like in Diablo's case, they have, um, we'll see now about Tyree Gillespie. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Carlos is in Phoenix. How you doing, Carlos? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, I think the biggest thing for this weekend is is going to be the D line guys. I think the pass rush and the pass rush and the and stopping the run is going to be huge. It's going to help definitely our secondary and our second level. Um, so I expect the D line to have a huge, huge game this weekend. They need to. Yeah, uh, I agree, and thanks for the call, um, Carlos. I, I, I'm with you because Lincoln, um, you know, Drew Locke is going to get the call as, as a starting quarterback. I don't know. The, the, you know, I've seen him now a handful of times play against the Raiders. He just doesn't look comfortable back there, does he? Well, no, but at the same point, you know, you can't take that. I, I think the, 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 the Broncos are going to rely a lot on the run. When they did What they did in the first game was the first time I really, really saw it happen because they have some big tailbacks. Is they they'll they'll block the box and they want your corners in this case in that case it was uh, Brandon Faison and uh, Casey Hayward Jr. to make the tackles on the outside uh, get one on one in space with um, with their big backs um, if they do that again that that's a big test uh, there's been a lot of teams recently that has picked on Brandon Faison so I don't know if they'll come back and try to do that again isolate where he's at and try to run the ball over there but they 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 have their receivers come down and block the safeties in the box so your safeties are try to seal the box so it becomes one on one on the perimeter on the stretch runs and we've seen the times the Raiders have had issues with that so you know much of the callers a point um, in, in dealing with um, the, the D line has to do a good job they've got to do a good job of su- shutting down those interior lanes but more importantly they got to do a job at, at fighting to the outside when you're going up against those stretch runs. I felt like they did that pretty well against the Cleveland Browns. There were a couple of uh, breakout runs, but that's going to happen. It's an NFL game. They've got a great running game. But, I mean, when you're talking about holding the Browns, um, and it, it seemed like they had – I think they had most of their defense – or most of their offensive line playing uh, in that game. And they, they, they obviously uh, had Nick Chubb, um, you know, playing. He had 23 carries for 91 yards. That that seems like a lot, but for him, that's manageable to me, uh, Lincoln. And overall, uh, the Browns had 89 yards um, on 24 carries, 3.7 yards per carry. I'll take that from a Raiders team right now. Well, I mean, that's that's better. I, I was surprised the Browns didn't apply the run, uh, stick to the run a lot more frequently, and they did in the second half, mainly in the fourth quarter, and they had some breakout runs, and that's where he made most of that yardage at. So, But other than that, I mean, it'll be anyone's game. I doubt very seriously if the Broncos come in with a game plan saying, we want Drew Lock Drew Lock to pass the ball, even though they've got some good receivers. If they really want to air it out, because he's historically like like to throw to the Raiders defenders and a couple more interceptions than all the more reason for the Raiders to take a lead early on and force yeah. them out of what Certainly. they want to do. Yeah, very true. Um, and that's you know something that the Raiders you know haven't had done a, a great job of, but but when they have, and and we've talked about this so many times, Lincoln, when 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 they're able to you know, push their agenda more than the other team's agenda being pushed on them, generally good things uh, can happen. And, and right. to me, if you can take the Denver Broncos out of their comfort zone, which is obviously running the ball, and put it into a quarterback's hands who, frankly, I don't have much confidence in. Now he could come in here to Allegiant Stadium and throw for, you know, 350 yards, you know, and, and, and shut me up. Uh, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I just haven't quite seen it. 
from him. And while we're on that subject, you know, I know we're talking about the Denver Broncos, but, you know, what do you do at this point at quarterback for the Broncos? You have to, right, go look for a, a, a better option. Than, oh, they will. You know, yeah, they will. They're 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 most likely going to fire their offensive coordinator and go look for an, another offensive coordinator and a, and a quarterback. They're they're going to put their head into the uh, Aaron Rodgers sweep ta- sweepstakes if there is anything with Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, they're going they're going to definitely go out there and look for a new quarterback. Aaron Rodgers in Denver would be scary. scary. Especially really with scary. that receiving core. Oh yes, scary. Yeah, and uh, and, uh, and what, <laughs> what uh, that that receiving core, the running game, and yep. um, you know, I, I was just doing their depth chart today for uh, something that I work on with the Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm like, you know, there's some talented players on this team. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's so frustrating because um, for anybody, any fan for, of, of any team, if you don't have that quarterback situation uh, locked up, you know, you're. It doesn't matter what else you do have. It's just, it's just not going to work you're always uh, going to be beholden to the fact that you don't have a very good quarterback um and you know the old saying you either have one or you're looking for one and i think the denver broncos are definitely looking for one you're in the huddle with vinnie monster and lincoln kennedy brought to you by tequila embajador raider nation radio 9 20 a.m on the night before christmas eve i love this time of year Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at L Kennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I don't know. When you watch those games, we, we've done everything. I, I, it sounds so cliche and so repetitive, but we did everything, the little things all right. You know, we, um, you know, our, our technique, our fundamentals, uh, decisions uh our eyes are in the right places we're not having bad eyes and letting you know things uh you know sneak up on us and things like that and it's it's hard to do against this defense but you know it's it's what we have to do to be able to play well and so uh you know in the nfl one thing i do know you know the last game doesn't dictate the next game you know we've proven that as a team you know and so we, we may have had success before but that means nothing this week we have to go to work we have to study we have to prepare and be ready to play uh again who I think is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Raiders have had against the Denver Broncos and the the, the whys and hows uh, of it. You got to understand, Lincoln. Uh, the Raiders have beaten the Denver Broncos three straight games, um, and they've they've averaged uh, thirty four points in, uh, in those wins. And this is against one of the arguably you know better defenses in the NFL. Statistically, that bears out. But for but for whatever reason. Um, the Raiders have had real success against this defense. And, and, and Lincoln, to start off with, uh, and I, I agree with Derek, uh, nothing that happened in the past dictates what happens in the future. It just, you know, it doesn't. However, um, from your experience, are there just certain matchups that for whatever reason, maybe even that you can't even explain, you just feel better about? Like, after a while, you just feel like it's almost like you have that team's number. Yes, I mean, there there are, and um, you know, and I was doing a little piece on the Denver Broncos uh, this morning for the morning grind, um, and I was talking about some of the finer times that that I had against the Broncos playing. Um, but it, the the thing was, there was a time, there was a point, even in my career with the Raiders, where Denver had our number. We couldn't right. beat them, no matter how good we were. Matter of fact, I think the year, the first year that we went to the uh, AFC Championship in Tate 2000, we were we had a 12 and four record overall. But we li- we lost twice to the Broncos that year. 
Oh, you know, man. so they had our number forever. And it, it took us until we got over that hump. We weren't able to consistently win the 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 the, uh, the, the division and the conference. Um, so, um, <clears throat> with that being said, that you know, right now the Raiders have had that fortune, that luxury, that luck against the Broncos, and it's really the only team in their division in this division that they have, because it's been going back and forth with the Chargers, and for a while the Chargers had the Raiders numbers as well as the Chiefs. So it's been the only one, but you can't take any of that in, in, into you know serious consideration for this upcoming thing because I've said along, all along I think the Denver Broncos are just a quarterback away of really making some stuff happen. So um, who do you think that Derek Carr is talking to when he says that um, you know about can't take it for granted, got to study harder, got to do this harder? We all know that and we all understand it, but it always feels like. You know, it's not that he's just talking to us or or the public. It always seems like there's some, you know, not that there's anybody specific, but maybe it's just him being the leader. Like this is what we got to do, uh, and we can't we can't dwell on what happened in the past, good or bad. My one of my favorite coaches, Don James, may rest in peace, had him in college. Coach James would talk up every opponent like they were giant killers. Didn't matter what their record was. It didn't matter. He would talk up everyone. You you can't let your guard down. You got to go out there and fight. You got to keep playing. Don't don't take the record in consideration or whatever, or don't take anything for granted when you're playing this team. And and I think that's what coaches have to do, and leaders on teams have to do. Yo, man, don't give them any locker room material. Don't let's not let's go out there and take care of business. Let's play like we need to play. More importantly, you know, if you're the Raiders, you got to start building momentum for these final three games, and it starts this week against the Broncos. Yeah, no doubt about it. Raider Reggie is on the line. How you doing, our good friend Raider Reggie? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I'm glad I'm in this great Christmas spirit right now. <laughs> I know that uh, my boy Link, man, I go all the way back to the 70s, and I could care less what Broncos, Chiefs, or Chargers team we play. We have to play them like they're the Giants like the giant killers we gotta go get them and right now i i when you said that teamer was was out cutting the COVID right now that set me back because teamer comes with a, a attitude man i love his attitude he was the one that kind of got the uh the little fight started with the raiders what did it get the, the cowboys the cowboys yep. yeah yep. And I like that edge, man. He wasn't letting somebody just punk him because he ain't a starter or whatever the, the attitude might be. But, man, we, we can't take these uh, Broncos for granted, man, because they coming in here, they want to embarrass us on our field, and, and, and we've got to win this game. But real quick, I'm asking this question because I really need to know. Big Link. Are you going to be able to come out Saturday? I know it's the Christmas day, but uh, coming out to the uh, Rockstar, man, we bringing a family in to do the uh, get them to the game, and it would be awesome if we could see you. But if not, are you going to be at the game? Oh, I'll be at the game. I don't. I don't really hang out that I much anymore. I, I know how it go, bro. Yeah. And it, it ain't like we used to have our special spot in Oakland. We yeah. working on that now. We trying to get the Rockstar to be that spot. But we coming to look for you, Lincoln. I remember the first time I met you, bro, it took me to another level. I met you and Tim Brown at the same time. And I was hyped. And uh, I hope these kids that we're bringing, we're bringing Robert from Fresno in, and his kids, I can't wait to let see their face if they get to meet you. Well, I, I really Nation, appreciate it. Unite, 
Hey, Merry Christmas if I don't get to see you until the game. Raider Nation. <laughs> True story. Love to hear from you, Raider uh, Reggie. And I'm absolutely, uh, we'll be out there on Christmas uh, Day uh, yeah. night, really, uh, over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill. And at some point, maybe it won't happen this year, but at some time, at some point, uh, I'm going to have to get some of my uh, friends, Louie and Vinny and uh, uh, and 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 Eddie, uh, to go kidnap <laughs> kidnap Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, put him in the back of a trunk or something like that, and and and, uh, and, and bring him out oh. to the Rockstar Bar and Grill. But I'm going to make the promise for Lincoln that at some time before it's all said and done, Lincoln's going to come out uh, visit with us in a different time, maybe yeah. when it's a little bit. You know, I, I know where Lincoln's coming from, so uh, hopefully uh, you'll be up to that at some point, Lincoln. Because I guarantee you this, and Demon uh, can back me up on this, and Q can back me up on this, and everyone that's been out there, everybody asks about you, man. Everybody <laughs> out there asks. When's Big Link uh, going to come out and join us? So uh, you're very much loved, and well, it's all you. worth it. I mean, uh, it's all uh, justified. Well, and, you and guys know it. how I feel about you, you guys, and you, and you know how I feel about the nation. And 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 it's it's never been anything personal. But you know, Vinny, you know me because we've worked together for the last couple of years. You know how I am. I'm not a. I don't really hang out as much as I used to. <laughs> right, right. And I, I will say this: it's pretty casual too. Yeah. So it's not like hanging out. Like I know what you're talking about because I I'm the same exact way. Yeah. But it it really is fun and mellow uh and everybody's just uh you know uh, it's a good vibe and really all they want to do is talk raider football and and all and football in general Certainly. so it's a it's a great time so lincoln won't be out there physically but in spirit i know <laughs> I, I know he's out there i'll get out there guys. eventually we'll see we'll, yeah, we'll see. there you go there you go uh back out to the raider nation listener line because raider dave is in denver last time i saw raider dave it was in, in denver. denver was not right. not true raider dave yeah, that was true, and I had just as many good questions at that press conference as you did. <laughs> That's it's so true. fun to be able to watch those press conferences later on tape and and uh, have your questions answered like that and be on film and be able to you know show the dad about it or whatever. It's a good time, man. It's, it was really fun. Absolutely. You're on the other side here. Uh, what's going on in Denver, and uh, what's, the, what's the vibe out there? You know, the vibe out here is, We'll always us. Well, if we can't get Rodgers and we can't get, you know, the the quarterback out of Seattle, let's get Derek Carr. Yeah, let's do that. See? If we can't get any one of those three, let's go ahead and get something out of the draft. I mean, these people are so so lost in around here. It's not even funny. They're like, oh yeah. Well, I said I told them I'm like Carr said he would retire before he ever went anywhere else, and they're like, oh, uh, our receiving core is so good. How could anybody ever turn it down? Well, I don't see people banging on the door right now. I mean, goodness gracious. And if Reggie doesn't understand why Link lives in uh, the Arizona desert, he doesn't understand how Link doesn't like throw snowballs being thrown at him. <laughs> no doubt about that. Oh, man. Here's the only other, one other thing I wanted to try to get you guys to chime in on would be every time I see Merrig, he seems late to the party. And so that's what worries me here about stretching over the top with Drew's arm versus Bridgewater's is the fact that that could be a little bit of trouble on some big gainers if he doesn't really get with it and start start playing instinctive a little bit. Um, what do you think, uh, Lincoln? I, I feel like That's, okay. Uh, first of all, it's I think the cover three system that he's a part of now is different than he had in college um, or that he played in college, and it's awfully lonely being the the lone safety deep field. Uh, they already have him trickled over to the strength of the formation or a majority of the receivers over. He's kind of favoring that side. 
um, but it leaves a whole lot of space. So when you you say he you know gets feels a little late to the party, he's not really relied on as a true safety valve, if you will. Um, but they have him creeping over and he's trying to read stuff. It's it's really it's it's a whole lot of space. So it's it's taking him some time to get familiar with the space, his position, and as well as his technique in in in, in that in that back end. If if that makes sense. Yeah, and um, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, I don't, don't feel like I have to uh, defend him at whatsoever. He's the 22nd-ranked safety in the NFL right now. Right. He's grading out at a very um, solid 72.1 um, overall. This is a rookie you know, player playing a position where, as, as Lincoln mentioned, he is he's not only the last line of defense, he's way back there a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. So him coming in late is, is just really more of a – um, positional thing, like where he's starting from. Um, but and, he's, and then, he's, you know, th- there's things, Vinny, in all honesty, that he has to work on that he'll get better at. The more yeah. familiar he gets with the system, the more veteran he becomes, he'll get more familiar with. Um, and, and that's also why they bring in a lot of times Dalen Levitt to play that other safety because it condenses the field for him. He only has to worry about half the field. When Levitt is that other safety, he worries about the other half instead of worrying about the whole thing playing deep center field. Yeah, uh, his seventy-five point three pass coverage grade um, is that—that's where you want to be. You know, you want to be in that green area uh, with PFF, and and I would expect that that's going to probably get better uh, as the years go on. Uh, he's got a sixty-one point four uh, run defense grade, um, but as like you mentioned, improved. a lot of times he's yeah. not. I mean, and I think part of that was earlier in the year he's taking some bad angles. Yeah. Uh, I think I feel like he's learned from that uh, and done done a bet- much better job. So um, I think to me anyway. Um, he's kind of right on target of where the Raiders, you know, wanted him to be, and it's it's not the easiest position to learn. And he is a rookie. You're going to have your ups and downs, but for the most part, uh, I think he's been a hit. Uh, Trayvon Morrig has uh, as a uh, as a rookie, so um, you know that's and and that's a good thing. This rookie class this year, um, you know, I think Trayvon's played you know really well. Obviously, Nate Hobbs has been lights out. He's just been a fantastic find. Uh, no arguments there. You know, Alex Leatherwood. Lincoln, do you feel like he's shown enough that you feel like you can project him to be a uh, kind of a fixture um, along the offensive line? Um, you know, obviously, he has a lot to work on this offseason. But do you think he's shown enough that you that you have a, 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 a some confidence that he's going to be okay? Alex? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's potential there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, nothing that he's done is too egregious can't be fixed. It's just going to have to work on it. But, you know, much to the point earlier in the week, you, you know, doing anything over time, you create a, a habit, a, a memory, a muscle memory. And the last thing I want for Alex is to, um, you know, these sort of um, things that have gone wrong, these the, these these techniques be so ingrained that he doesn't it takes much longer to get out of him. You can you can work stuff out of anybody, but you just have to know how to train it properly. By the way, um Brandon Parker did not practice today. Uh, uh-huh. he's dealing with a knee injury and your guy Jermaine Illuminor, unfortunately, uh went onto the COVID nineteen list oh, as well, uh, Lincoln. So uh there's your, you know, potential you Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, uh Lester Cotton was brought up last week. Uh-huh. Um you know he's 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 part of that backup plan now uh, okay. at guard uh, as far as the right tackle position. It'll be interesting to see what happens um, and if Brandon's going to be able to play uh, on, on Sunday. So uh, you know we we've talked quite a bit you know about you know well, why don't they bring this guy in? Why don't they bring that guy in? Sometimes you're going to find out. <laughs> you know. Oh like, yeah. Right. All right. 
uh, whether it's the easy way or the hard way. Um, but hey, whoever, if Brandon can't, can't go, um, whoever does come in, the Raiders are going to need them to play at a, a high level. Because as oh, yeah. Gus Bradley just said, if you're in uniform, if you're out there uh, playing, nobody's going to be looking at you, you know, um, sorry keep, cutting you. you any slack. Yep, that, right. And I'm talking about your own teammates. Yep. They expect you to understand and to know what's going on and, and to be able to deliver at a, at a uh, you know, sufficient level. Um and, and that's just the expectation in the NFL and all, all professional sports. You got to be, you're here for a reason. So uh, go, go show why. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy. It is a Thursday, December 23rd. This is literally the last show uh, on Raider Nation Radio uh, before we uh, uh, go enjoy our families uh, for a day or two uh, for Christmas uh, and then get back at it on Monday. We mentioned earlier, and uh, Raider Reggie just brought it up. We will be at the Rockstar Bar and Grill Saturday. That is Christmas night, starting at 5 o'clock. Can't wait to see everybody uh, and see what everyone got for Christmas. It seems like it's been a while since we all got together, so uh, looking forward to that the day before the uh, Raiders host the Broncos over at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, in the huddle, Vinnie Monsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila in Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, the one, uh, we, had a, we got a delay a game because on a, on a noisy crowd and he couldn't hear, we have a, we have a, a trigger where the quarterback uh, will alert the center. I need the ball now, uh, and did not hear that on that one. And then on uh, really the other one, we felt like the ball ended up on the ground was on a sneak where maybe Derek, Derek hurried it a little bit too much as opposed to get the snap first and then push forward for the quarterback sneak. So, uh, but we haven't had any other issues that we've thought of throughout the season. I was Raiders' offensive coordinator Greg Olson talking about some of the. Um, communication issues uh we talked about it yesterday with the clock kind of running down um Raiders had to call a timeout at one point um because there just seemed to be a little bit of whether it was Derek you know changing the play again um at the line of scrimmage and just taking it down to the nitty-gritty and having to call the timeout I'm okay with that um I just feel like you know those timeouts are there for a reason not just because of for you know um preserving them uh, for end of game situations or end of half situations. As you saw on, on Monday, the Raiders actually took a timeout in the first half into the second half. Uh, obviously it doesn't carry over, but what I'm saying is they didn't use all their timeouts in the first, in the first half. Uh, I feel like, and I've talked to Sean McVeigh about this because he's been known to call some timeouts where you're going, man, you know, it's kind of early to be calling a timeout, but the way he looks at it is plays are important too, you know, and getting the right look and getting the right play and making sure that you stay out of a bad play or stay out of a situation where, you know, that clock's going to run down or whatever the case might be and cause a penalty. Or So you'd rather the upside of taking a timeout, even though it's not you know, in one of those, hey, you've got 45 seconds left to play and you got 40 yards to go and it's nice to have all three of your timeouts. Of course, you would love for that to always be the case. But there's also situations that arise during the game where it warrants a timeout. And it, it's more important to take it then and not sacrifice what you might be looking to go do in terms of a play or in terms of a look. Um, because you're, you don't want to be that guy that wastes a timeout. Um, if you feel like you have to call the timeout, call the damn timeout 
rather than you know taking the penalty or running into a brick wall because you don't have the right play uh, against that defense. So it's there's a bunch of different ways uh, to look at it, and, and you know uh, my preference is call it when you think you have to call it. To me, there's no there there are bad timeouts, no question about it. Uh, but if you feel like hey, this is just uh, we we have to get this timeout here, or else we're going to lose five yards, or we're not going to have the right look against this defense. Um, do what you got to do. So uh, let's take a look at the uh, Raiders injury report uh, after today. Remember, the Raiders haven't really done any full practices necessarily. It's more walkthroughs, uh, not unusual at this time of year. And especially, you know, uh, given the fact that the Raiders had to play Monday uh, rather than Saturday. So uh, there's some time issues uh, as well. We all know Jonathan Abram done for the year uh, with a shoulder injury. Will Compton, um, you know, uh, all of our thoughts are, are with him. His mother passed away. Uh, so he did not participate uh, today. He's out for personal reasons. Uh, Divine Diablo was limited with the shoulder uh, and elbow. Boy, the Raiders really need him to play uh, on Sunday against the uh, Denver Broncos. Jonathan Ank- uh, Jonathan Hankins, who had a big game uh, on Saturday uh, in run, or excuse me, on Monday in run defense, um, is out. Uh, right now uh, and did not participate yesterday, did not participate today with a back uh, issue. Casey Hayward, uh, the cornerback, was a full participant. He's dealing with an Achilles. Uh, Daniel Helm, uh, knee injury, uh, was limited, and I want to say there was a move with him. I'll I'll get on that uh, really quick, Um, uh, get you some updated information on him. Uh, Josh Jacobs, sick. Uh, did not participate yesterday, was a full participant today. Remember, sick doesn't necessarily mean COVID-19, thankfully. Uh, so he just wasn't feeling uh, good yesterday, did not participate, was back in practice today uh, on a full basis. Zay Jones, uh, the wide receiver, toe injury, uh, didn't participate yesterday, was limited today. So it seems like, you know, he might be on track uh, to be in a good place by Sunday. Foster Moreau, uh, the tight end. Abdomen and uh, and thigh was limited yesterday, was limited today. By the way, the play that Foster made uh, late in the game to get up the field, get a first down, and then sneak out of bounds in order to not run too much clock, brilliant play. You know, sometimes you talk about making a football play, making a play, being heady, understanding the situation, understanding the circumstance. You know, too often or sometimes you see guys and you're going, what are you thinking right now? You know, do you not know what the situation is? Um, But he absolutely knew where the situation was. He knew where the first down marker was. He knew that he could get some extra yards, just height stepping it up the sideline, and he knew right when to get out of bounds. That was a huge, huge play uh, in that win over the Cleveland Browns. So good on Foster Moreau, who had been struggling um, a little bit in that game. So it's not sometimes how you how you start, uh, it's how you finish, and he finished strong. Uh, defensive end Carl Nassib uh, was, is dealing with a knee issue, but he was full yesterday, full today. Brandon Parker, uh, knee issue limited yesterday, then did not participate today. We'll see where that trends uh, in terms of Sunday. Linebacker Denzel Perryman, uh, the ankle injury, he's missed a couple of games, did not participate yesterday, was limited today, so maybe he's on track. The Raiders could really use uh, their middle linebacker back on the field, their leading tackler, 133 tackles, got to get Denzel back on the field. Uh, John Simpson, uh, the uh, left guard, uh, is dealing with a knee uh, situation, full practice yesterday, full practice yesterday, uh, today, and when I say full practice, keep in mind, it was just a walkthrough. Uh, and then Darren Waller, um, knee and back injuries, did not participate yesterday, did not participate today. Don't know, um, you know, uh, what the situation is with uh, Darren Waller um, in terms of playing on Sunday. Uh, I did ask Rich Bisaccia, the interim coach, 
on Monday if he remains hopeful that they're going to, you know, not just hopeful, but slash, are there any expectations of being able to get him back uh, on Sunday? And he's like, Vinny, we're always hopeful <laughs> about uh, we'll take it to the end of the week uh, and see where Darren Waller is um, and, and, you know, whether or not uh, he's going to, he's going to be able to, uh, to play, but look, this is all hands on deck, but if you're not, um, you know, if, if you can't go, you can't go. And there's no, you know, there's no, obviously, you, you know, Darren Waller, Lincoln, if he's going to be able to play, he's going to play. And so um, you got to believe that whatever is going on with Darren Waller right now, um, it's just, he can't play. Yeah. And there, there comes a time where you also have to be precautionary. You know, if, if, if it's not healed or it's, I mean, the, the extent of the, the information I had was an IT man. Um, I've never known an IT man to be as, as awkward as this and be as out uh, as long as it, but it's probably a combination of everything he's went through this season. And look, they don't want to lose him for a long term. You know, it's, it's, it's not worth it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the back uh, has, it's been a slash, you know, uh, a, a, a knee slash back uh, for a while now. So it's not just the uh, knee that he's dealing with. There's some back issues going on as well. Don't know if that's related. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Um, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's completely unto itself. So uh, not quite sure uh, in, in, in that regard. By the way, uh, Lincoln, remember last week we talked about, or maybe it was earlier this week, but um, our players going to be, honest about self-reporting in terms of the COVID-19 testing. Um, I'm hearing that they are, that they, that there's been, you know, uh, probably a little bit more frankness and honesty about it. And we're not trying to say these guys are dishonest. There's a, there's a, right. there's so many reasons why you want to be on the field, man. You know, uh, it's your, it's your livelihood. It's your vocation. It's paycheck. It's, um, yeah, but future. In, in, in this instance, and, the thing is, I'm hoping, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that, which, which yeah. you just reported. I'm glad to hear that because yep. with this, it's not only – it doesn't necessarily only affect them. It can affect other ones, other guys. So the last thing you want to do is get someone else infected uh, and, and, and have them out as well if you're, if you're hiding the symptoms or you're, you're hiding how you really feel. I mean, the best thing is to report it, uh, get treatment if you need to get treatment. But, you know, like, you, like, you, like we, we're, we're confronted every day with this, if you're feeling ill, stay home. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's what it comes down to. Because yes, and and uh, there's there's a um, bigger picture to all of this, and and Lincoln just you know uh, hit it. It's not just you; it's everybody. And then the last thing you want to do is be the guy that you know uh, you know causes a huge outbreak where the whole team gets affected. And we right. saw what happened. And not to say that this is what happened uh, with the Browns, but something got loose over yeah. in Cleveland and something got loose over in Los Angeles. Uh, and and it, it might not be anybody's necessarily quote unquote fault, uh, but it just goes to show you that um, you have to be careful or else something like that can happen. And you don't want to be the guy um, that, that causes something like that. That's yeah. the last thing you want to do. It's kind of a selfish act uh, in a lot of ways. So um, good to hear that players are, are, are heeding um, the warning. And by the way, JC Treader, uh, you know, turned up, on the COVID-19 list today. He's the president of the, uh, of the union, um, the Cleveland Browns starting center. So, um, you know, our thoughts are, are with him. I know DeMond thinks I don't like him. That's not the case. Uh, I do think that some of what he's tried to do with this players association um, is ill-advised. That's, I just disagree with him. He brought him up literally to take a shot at him. Some of the stances oh. that he's taken. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing about, the whole thing about cutting, it goes all the way back to trying to cut out OTAs and, and, and mini camps. I thought that was like, 
yeah, uh, you know, when w the guy that's made his money because he was in a development track himself and took advantage of all the things that are available to young players right now says, ah, no, we don't need that. No, yes, you do. And, um, and, and even he needs to see the bigger picture. Maybe he doesn't need it. And I understand that. But there's a whole bunch of other players uh, that do, especially young players that are trying to get better and hone their craft uh, and put themselves in a good position to make some damn money, man. Because that's what, in a lot of ways, this is all about. Just be the best you possibly can be. And a lot of times that takes a lot of practice and a lot of effort and a lot of time. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday.